Hi, and welcome to Math and Musings. I'm Mike O'Connell, creator of Math and Musings, and your host. Stay tuned for 15 minutes of science, politics, news, and opinion. In other words, Math and Musings. Today's date is Friday, October 7th, 2022. This is Season 2, Episode number 40 of our show, and this is, I guess, Math Presentation Part 3, or Baseball Presentation Part, I don't know, 50 or so, and Baseball and Math Presentation Part whatever number episode this to- is total, because pretty much in every episode, I mean, you're, you're going to get your math, of course, you're going to get some baseball, it's pretty much the way I run my classroom as well. Uh, let's face it, it it's a uh, pretty high probability that you are uh, going to catch some baseball at some point in the program. I'm going to be a little bit more upfront about that fact today as we move forward. Today is the first day of the MLB playoffs, the new expanded MLB playoffs. Uh, I think there's uh, 26 or 28 teams involved in the play. No, I think it's 12. Previous, when I was a kid, it was four. Uh, before uh, that, it was what four, and then eight, and then ten, and then twelve. We're up to twelve now. It's it's becoming more and more hockey or <laughs> football or basketball like uh, every year. But hey, I mean, I, I get it. It's business. These are the high profile games that bring in revenue. They bring in advertising dollars. I get it. Players got got to get paid, uh, and what am I going to complain about more October baseball like that? That it runs into November. Am I going to complain about this? No. Am, am I suffering from such a, a dilution of playoff baseball, or that uh, the baseball purity has been sullied in such a way? I'm going to be disappointed. Absolutely not. I'll take this all day. Now figuring out exactly who uh, plays who. Now, as you're listening to this on Friday, October 7th, you already know. You already know the matchups. You know who's got to, who's got to buy, who's got the, the three-game series and the five-game series, seven-game series, million-game series, whatever it is. You already know. Me, as I'm recording this, season's still going on. because Season's not over yet for me. I'm recording this in the past. You know who's in. I know a couple teams who are like the Blue blood teams these days, you know, the Astros and Dodgers and you know, Yankees are in, Mets are in. You know, those teams have been at the front the whole year. And I've been looking forward to seeing them involved in some playoff baseball since like day one. And they've been some of the strongest teams all year. The teams that, you know, you would follow anyway. Yankees-Dodgers World Series, calling it right here. Uh, that'd be great. And you know who would be excited about that? Not just me and not just every person in America, but um, the executives at the Fox Corporation. Because an L.A.-New York World Series, that is ka-ching, ka-ching, TV money coming in. Now, to change gears a little bit, I uh, mentioned that this would be like math presentation part three. Three. It was two weeks ago I was talking about uh, the professional development uh, seminar I, I gave on uh, using sports statistics in the classroom and more specifically baseball statistics in the classroom as a way to teach mathematics. 
I'm going to get to the last portion of the program today. I'm, I'm a little bit out of practice. You know, we've had so many holidays recently and have more of them coming up. This week, it was Yom Kippur. We had Wednesday off. October is just a, a crazy month for uh, holidays. We've got, I've worked for the most woke school district in America and the, and the most woke employer that one could possibly have. In the month of October, we have um, Yom Kippur off. I, I think there are about three Jewish people in Loudoun County, but we, we give that day off. I mean, there's, it's amazing for me to think, I, I couldn't even tell you where a Jewish temple is in Loudoun County. Yet in my hometown, my rinky-dink, tiny hometown, there were two large Jewish temples when I was when I was growing up. Anyway, get Yom Kippur off. We get Diwali off. Um, I don't know how many people specifically are celebrating Diwali in Loudoun County, but just to cover our bases, there's a baseball reference for you, we get that one off. We, we have uh, Indigenous Peoples Day off. The thing you won't find is we don't celebrate Columbus Day, but we do have Indigenous Peoples Day, Diwali, Yom Kippur. We get Halloween off too. Um, that's gonna, it's uh, students do anyway. I think that one's a a planning day for teachers. Um, the day following Halloween as well. The the real All Saints Day, not just the uh, All Hallows Eve. We get Election Day off. Coming with a bunch of days off here which are coinciding with the days of the World Series. So I'm I'm thinking that this is going to be ripe for staying up late because the games are going to be going to midnight and beyond. And uh, we'll be passing from October into November. I think even if the series is a sweep, I looked ahead that um, even like a game four would be uh, into November. Now, it was just a few years ago that uh, a famous baseball game was played on Yom Kippur. This was October of 1965 when ace Dodgers pitcher Sandy Koufax sat out Game 1 of the World Series uh, to respect the holiday. Dodgers ended up losing that game after Don Drysdale got shelled in Game 1, famously said to Dodgers manager Walt Alston after, bet you wish I was Jewish too. Uh, Drysdale came back, uh, and he won, I think, must have been Game 4, I suppose. Koufax won Game 2, and Game 5 pitches a shutout, and then, and then, in a remarkable feat of athleticism, comes back and pitches Game 7 on two days rest, pitches a complete game shutout on two days rest in Game 7, threw 132 pitches in the game. A gutsy effort, uh, one might say, one might also point to the fact that a year later he was done, uh, his arm was shot, and and you might look at that and say, you know, um, well, (laughs) yeah, it was the last game of the season, and you... um, you you go all in, but Sandy himself said something to the effect of, you know, I, I want to be able to use my arm in, in life after baseball. And uh, he still is. Sandy's uh, 86 years old. He's still going strong. Uh, and uh, had his moment of glory as well, but walked away from the game 
uh, when he was 30. He went out on top. Incredible performance, though, in the uh, 1965 World Series and also respected his religious faith. Me, I take Yom Kippur off, too, um, though it uh, is it's not my faith. So I, I was uh, talking last time about my stats, professional development uh, seminar, if you I like to call it a seminar. It's uh, an hour of my life talking to math teachers. I think the word seminars is overstating it a little bit. The last thing I'd mentioned uh, was the, the positive and negative uh, interplay of wins and losses. The way I teach my students uh, positive and negative numbers and how to add and subtract them is taking wins and losses and everybody's record like above or below 500. You look at everyone's record and it all balances out to zero. I always think it's amusing too that when you look up the stats in the standings that what's listed as a percentage is not really a percentage and that's where I left off last time. And it is on the subject of percentage that I introduce this next topic like the the difference between a good team and a great team or an average team and a great team. Your average team is 500 or 5 tenths or 50%. They're winning 50% of their games. And it used to baffle me when I was a kid, like the difference between a 500 team and a 600 team. A team that's winning 60% of its games is great, whereas a team winning 50% of its games is only so-so. And it used to baffle me when I was a kid, and I was like, oh, that, that's only 10% better. How is it that you know one team is great and one team is just average? And it wasn't until like decades later that I finally learned that the difference between 50% and 60% is not 10%. It's an increase of 20%. Like to go from 50% to 60%, that's an increase of 20%. And all I need to learn is one simple formula. It's the difference divided by the original. That's all I need to know. Difference divided by original. If the difference is 0.1 and the original is 0.5, well, 1 divided by 5 is 0.2. That's an increase of 20%. It's similar to, and this is what really brought it home for me, this is the kind of thing, again, used to baffle me when I was a kid. The difference between hitting 250 and 300 as a batter, and there's this is described famously but somewhat incompletely by Crash Davis, Kevin Costner, in the movie Bull Durham. He's, it's towards the end of the movie, and he's explaining the difference between you know, a guy who hits 250 and a guy who hits 300. You know, just one more hit a week. You know, a, a flare, a, a gork, a ground ball with eyes. That, um, I, when I was a kid, it was like, that. that's only a 5% difference from, from 25% getting hit 25% of the time to getting hit 30% of the time? And the answer is, no, it's not a 5% difference. Again, it's a 20% difference. To go from 0.250 to 0.300, as we're looking at batting averages, that is a 20% increase. Like, of course a guy who's hitting 300 is going to be in the Hall of Fame and a guy who's hitting 250 is you know, just some other guy because it, it's a huge increase. That, that's a big difference between 25% and 30%. And it, it gets a little bit into like some money ball stats where like just looking at statistics differently 
tells you a whole different story. And the, the example I use is, uh, I love this one because it, it's my era too. The one year that Joe Carter, later famous for hitting a home run to end a World Series, but his one year in San Diego, he played for the Padres in 1990. And by traditional metrics, he had a good season. I mean, after all, he had 115 RBIs. He even got MVP votes. He was 17th among MVP voting. His his WAR that year was negative. His OPS plus was an 85. In other words, he he was worse than an average player. His slash line was 232, 290, 391. His slugging percentage was 391. Hitting in front of Joe that year was Tony Gwynn, Hall of Famer Tony Gwynn, Hall of Famer Robbie Alomar, and Bip Roberts, who was a, a good player having a great season. I, I mean, those guys batting in front of you, I could have had 115 RBIs that year. And uh, it, like looking at the metrics now, you realize it was that was a horrible season that, that Carter had. And one thing I do with... Uh, with my students is, is to offer them to like create your own formula for war, like wins above replacement. There is no official formula for war that like there is for OPS plus there's not for war. And really when you talk about war, it should be like war according to baseball reference or war according to baseball almanac or war according to this guy, you know, guy working for the Yankees guy working for the Red Sox. And what should count and what should get weighted how is really a discussion for like baseball philosophy and agents and lawyers. What's fair to use as a stat? What's useful to use as a stat? This is the kind of thing that um, the big money folks, as I talked about last time, the people who are in the industry are uh, making money discussing these uh, very things, the people who lay out the contracts. I have my students try to lay out contracts as well that defer payments. Let's say overall your contract is worth, uh, the example I always use, Garrett Cole makes $324 million over nine years. Can you arrange the contract so that two-thirds of that money gets deferred to the last third of the uh, life of the contract? And then there finally there's something called the Simpson Paradox, which is more than then I could probably even get into in 15 minutes, but there is um, a uh, mathematical uh, oddity that occurs when one adds percentages. And I always enjoy pointing it out because I work at a school called Simpson. Now, the Simpson Paradox is not named for J.L. Simpson, uh, namesake of my school, but I always enjoy pointing that out. And and baseball is, is a perfect example where a player could have a higher average two years in a row versus another player, but have a lower overall average. It, it has to do with, with sample size. And if you've got small sample sizes, well, weird things can happen. And I always enjoy pointing that out. And I always enjoy bringing you uh, math and musings every Friday. Uh, I'm, I, it's in the ba- October baseball season now. This is MLB playoffs starting today. You know what the games are, and uh, I'll be discussing them uh, in future weeks. In the meantime, uh, you can read more at MikeOConnellJr.com. With any questions or comments or criticisms, 
Well, you can email. You just go to MikeOConnellJr.com. I will see you again next Friday. <laughs>